hello, 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 my friends. This is your fearful leader, Anne Bonnie, dancing in the discomfort zone. Boy, oh boy, you have no idea. Today, you're just going to hear from me because, honey, I've been dancing. I've been dancing. Woo! <laughs> I have coffee because I got a story to tell you. So one of the things you may or may not know about me is I love new experiences. I love trying new things. I, even if I don't like the thing, eventually, I like having experiences, okay? So I like doing crazy stuff, right? So when Rachel, the person that does some sales for me, called me up and said, how about doing a keynote on a cruise ship? I was like, yes, that sounds amazing. Now, cruising on big cruise ships is not my typical um, form of vacation. I, I don't, I didn't think I'd like it though. I'd never been on a cruise ship. So I was like, yes, but, but bottom line was I wanted to have this experience and how cool to be able to say, I spoke on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> People are like, I've spoken in Europe. I've spoken in America. Well, I've spoken in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and so when she said this, I was like, yes, let's do it. I want to do this keynote on a cruise ship. Okay. Now, I, there's a lot that is going to be different on a cruise ship, but my initial thought was that our conference would be all of the passengers on the ship. And so this, this ship would just be the floating conference, right? Now, having never been on a cruise ship, I didn't realize there are 4,000 people on these things. This is we, we were on the Royal Caribbean, Independence of the Sea. So if you go up to the Royal Caribbean website, you can actually take a tour of the boat and see all the cool stuff. So I had done this, but it never occurred to me. And I don't remember the moment that it did occur to me, but it occurred to me at some point months later that there were going to be thousands of people on this ship and our conference was only three or 400 of them. And so what I initially thought was this floating conference where I would be a part of it and involved, engaged with all of the participants all of the time to suddenly we're a small fraction. You know, we're 10% of the passengers on this gigantic cruise ship that is gigantic. And so as, as I started thinking about it, I thought, well, wait a minute, I'm not going to get to interact with all of the people from the conference throughout the cruise because we're going to be spread among 4,000 people. So as I realized that, I was like, okay, that's a little different, um, but that's okay. And I was like, all right, this is, this is fine. You know, there are sessions that we have for our conference. I'll just go to those, get to know people, and it'll be great. Now, at one point, they sent us the rundown of the show, when the sessions were going to be, where they were, blah, 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 blah. And I knew I was the closing keynoter. So I knew I was going to be on the last day. And as I got the conference manual, I um, looked at it, and I found myself, and my bio looked good, and the description looked good. And I looked at the time, and it said 1030 p.m. And I said, oh, there must be a typo. Thank God they sent it to us. I will check this out and I'll let them know that there's this typo. So I uh, messaged the organizers to say, oh, I think there's a typo, 1030 at night. And she called me and she said, Ann, I am so sorry. That's the only time they have with a room big enough to fit all of our conferees for the final closing keynote. It's the only time they have. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. We'll make it work. Whatever. Now I hang up the phone and all I'm thinking of is there's going to be five people in my audience. 
Now, I've done keynotes for small rooms. I've done keynotes, you know, right after COVID when we all got back together. I did one in this gigantic, um, it was uh, it was essentially a football field, I'm pretty sure. And the tables were only like 200 people at this thing. And the tables were all spread out. And there's like two people in each eight foot round. And they were all spread out. And it was just bizarre. And I, But I was like, okay, there's going to be two, five people there. And if there are any more people, they're going to be hammered because <laughs> they're going to be drunk. This is day three of a three-day cruise. These people, you know, have their teachers. So they have had a rough year. They've, you know, been working their butts off there on summer vacation. They're ready to let loose. And they're closing keynote for their conferences at 1030 at night. I said to myself, Anne, you can't just do a talk. That's not going to work. <laughs> you need to do something different. Okay, so now I'm moving into unknown territory. I'm moving into, well, I don't, I, I'm a speaker. And I'm like, yeah, but Ann, you got to play games. You got to get them involved. And so as I recommend to people, when I was in this unknown situation, I've never done this gameful keynote before. I called one of my friends who is an MC DJ and he is just the leader of fun things when it comes to large groups. So I call him up. I'm like, Rob, I need your help. And he sat there. He gave me so many ideas. He's like, I'm just spitballing here. I'm like, no, 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 this is perfect. And so this, this keynote started to kind of percolate in my head as I'm like, okay, here's how I want to do this. I want to take a bunch of prizes and all during the cruise, I'll tell everybody that I've got this suitcase of prizes. And I'm going to be giving them all away and free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. So I'm, I'm starting to see this keynote, but of course there's that unknown in the back of my head is, is anybody going to show up? Will there be anybody there? Will they be a raucous drunken crowd? Will they be falling asleep? How do I keep them, you know, engaged? And, you know, one of the things as we think about the stresses of unknowns, and especially in situations like this, where our performance is going to be judged essentially and is part of the success of the event, we get nervous because we care. And I really, you know, I used to be a special ed teacher. I cannot even imagine teaching in this day and age, in this divisive day and age, after COVID. I mean, it, it's a tough time to be a teacher. And I really wanted to deliver well for them. I wanted to give them something fun, but I also wanted to give them something of content that they could take with them that would make them stronger and make them better. Because the, the, the um, topic that I was going to talk about was how to build confidence and resilience in change within a changing chaotic environment, right? Which, of course, we live in right now. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this new format. I'm scared. I want to get it right, but I got great ideas. Rob gave me great ideas. I went to the party city and I got lots of prizes. I had some of my books and I had some candles that a friend of mine's son's uh, candle company made. The Bianchi candle made these special, hey, teacher, thank you candles for teachers. They smell really good. And then I later found out you can't take candles on a cruise ship. There's there's something about fire <laughs> on a cruise ship that you're not supposed to take. So I ended up having to, to work that out, too. But I'll tell you about that in a little while. So day arrives on the cruise ship. I don't know whether anybody's going to be on my um, on at my keynote. I just don't know. And uh, but I'm like, you know what? I've got a plan. I'm going to you know make it all work. Now, I get on the cruise ship, and again, you can't fathom until you've been on these ships how big these things are. I mean, the first night, we got on the ship around 4 o'clock. We, we pushed away from shore. Between 4 and 11, when I went to bed, I walked four miles just on the ship. I mean, I'm like, what? This is insane. So I, wasn't, I was 
hoping to get some workouts, but then I realized like, Anne, don't ever take the elevator and you will get a lot of exercise. And so I did. So as I was checking in on the app a day or two before the event, I saw that there was some, another name on my room. And I was pretty sure that my contract had said that I was in a solo room, um, but I wasn't going to say anything. I knew that these organizers had just done an event in Vegas. They had just gotten done with one in Orlando. You know, I was like, you know what, we'll deal with it. it it's fine. I looked this person up online, found her on social media, and I was like, oh, well, she seems really cheerful and really fun and really cute. I said, we'll be fine. And so the whole first day, I get to the room. My roommate's not there. I get to the room. My roommate's not there. I'm freaking out because I'm like, I don't know this person. And if you've ever been on a ship, these rooms are small. The ship is big. Room, small. And I'm inside the ship, so I don't have a like a um, window. <laughs> So I'm like, I, 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 I have no window. I can't see outside. But anyway, so I get unpacked and I try to be super respectful of space. I'm like taking half the drawers and hanging things up in the closet and making sure I'm not taking up all the hangers, you know, because my roommate's going to be here and everything. And she doesn't show up and she's not showing up. And so I go off to dinner and then I come back and she's still not here. And, then, you know, and finally we're off. We've left shore. So I'm like, well, she hasn't checked into the room yet. I don't think she's coming. So I, it was one of those things where I didn't realize how much I appreciate my own solitude until I was on this cruise ship with 4,000 people, a lot of them my conference attendees, who I really want to present a you know, professional image to. I wanted to have a, a refuge to be able to disappear to, to be able to just come and sit around in my underwear and not, you know, not be proper and not be professional, um, just in case, you know, somebody's watching. So, I, I, I love this person with all my heart and I'm really glad they didn't come on the cruise. <laughs> um, because again, being on this cruise, not knowing anybody on the cruise really, um, having a place to come to have refuge, to just enjoy solitude. I guess I never realized how much I enjoy that. So we've still got all these unknowns. I, I was trying to put together my keynote, but I also wanted to work in a lot of things that happened during the cruise so that people would feel like this was a custom thing for them so that they would feel like it's more fun when you see things that happen during the cruise because in some of the um you know the sessions and some of the excursions that we went on things happened and that was fun and funny like we were we were donating a bunch of school supplies to a school here in in the Bahamas when we were there and a whole bunch of teachers bought a whole bunch of, of school supplies. I brought a bunch of school supplies. And there was some confusion over where we were going to meet. And the email that I saw said, meet at Rawson Square, which you got off the boat, you got out of the port, and it was right around the corner. So there were probably about 30 of us from the conference in Rawson Square waiting to, you know, for next steps, waiting for somebody, to, the teachers to show up or whatever, or the bus to take us to school. We had no idea what was going to happen. So... As we're waiting, and I'm the only person who's technically, quote unquote, on staff, and they all know who I am. Um, so I'm trying to message people and find out what's going on, where are we supposed to be? And they're like, what's going on? I'm like, I have no idea. So there's this, you know, unknown as well. And I'm like, I really want you to come to my keynote. If I can't find what's going on, you're probably not going to come. And this whole time, this is in my head, like, present this well so people want to show up at 1030 at night. Um, so that that happened. <laughs> But anyway, we're sitting there in the square waiting, and one of the teachers says, well, we're just standing here. Why don't we make a tower out of the um, school supplies? We've got pencils. We've got notebooks. Why don't we make a tower? 
And so every, three people start sitting down on the ground and start building this tower out of, you know, so I included that in the keynote. I wanted little moments like that um, to be included. In, and it worked well with our points, too, with my points, too, you know, like making the best of what you can control and, you know, never forget the power of levity and laughter and having fun. Um, so, you know, they were illustrating my points for me and it was a fun way to, to pull it in. So I was putting together my keynote and everything. So the night before my keynote, Saturday night, I get done with dinner and I didn't have any other sessions to go to. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see the room that I'm going to be speaking in. And so I go down to Studio B and I walk in and there is an ice show going on. Yes, you heard me correctly. An ice show. I am going to be presenting my keynote on an ice rink. Now, let me tell you, the people, we, we sat at a collective table for dinner, and I sat with Shannon and Crystal, and we laughed through our entire dinners. And we had so much fun joking around about me doing my keynote on ice skates. I swear it was therapy. So that was really, really fun. But anyway, I'm sitting here going, okay, they'll cover the floor. You know, that's, I know that, because it's an ice rink, right? And the seats were on three sides all around this ice rink. <laughs> and yes, there's an ice rink on these cruise ships. Isn't that crazy? But anyway, and I can skate okay. So I, I, I think I, if somebody offered me skates, I might have done it. But my plan was to kind of be all over the audience, calling on people, having them give examples, giving away prizes, and just kind of running around, which is what I do during a lot of my keynotes anyway. Um, it was just that on steroids. Uh, but I was like, okay, they'll cover the floor. That's, I just assumed that that was gonna happen. So. About a couple hours before my keynote, I got the number for the manager of Studio B, of this ice rink, to call her to ask about, you know, plugging in my PowerPoint, can I get in early, Um, because nobody seemed to have that information, which I completely understood. You know, this is a a venue that they're using for a lot of different things throughout this cruise. And so I figured the easiest way, just go to the source. And uh, so I said, can I have a table? She's like, yes, we got a table for your, your PowerPoint, or for your computer. And then, and then I said, yeah, well, I have some prizes that I'm going to be giving out throughout. And she said, oh, okay, well, yeah, we can put that on the stage. But if you need to get into the audience, that's probably not going to work because we're not going to have the floor down and the ice is not going to be covered. <laughs> so now my plan of running back and forth across this, the, the surface that would be above the ice there was no surface above the ice and they were saying that I was not allowed on the ice plus the helmet would smash my hair anyway so I didn't want to go out on the ice but anyway now now this plan that I had to run back and forth and for you know to to this whole audience was gone because the stage they had was on the fourth side of this of the ice rink right the seats were on the three sides with the ice in the middle and then the stage was and I'm like I can't so I, yeah, so I get in 10 minutes before, and I'm used to being there half an hour before, hour before, you know, depending on when they'll let me in the room, just to see the room, plan the things. And especially with this, I didn't know how this keynote was going to go because I'd never delivered it before. I delivered the content, but the way I was delivering it with games and examples and prizes and all this stuff, <laughs> well, they, they couldn't let us in until 10 minutes before the thing was supposed to start. <laughs> <laughs> so I was supposed to get all of my stuff hooked up and check out the room, figure out how the heck I'm going to do this. So I'm frantically running around trying to make this all happen. And, uh, and, they, and they still want to start on time, which is great. But Grease, the musical, 
wasn't getting out till 10.30, which is when my keynote was started, which, by the way, is half an hour past my bedtime, for the record. <laughs> oh. uh, so anyway, we started on time. A few people trickled in. And I got to tell you, there were a lot of people there. There were probably 150 people there, which, considering it's 10.30 at night, at the end of a three-day cruise, people are out in the sun. It was really hot. I was thrilled. And there weren't any raucous drunk people yelling things out at me. They were all very well-behaved. And not only that, but everybody was volunteering. Everybody was sharing. Everybody was excited about the prizes. And it worked out beautifully. I am glad I wore sneakers. This was another unknown because I couldn't figure out what to wear. I typically wear a pair of nice dress pants, kind of, and a, and a leather jacket and a sparkly tank top and some heels. But I'm like, it's a cruise. I don't, A, I don't want to wear heels. And I ended up wearing jeans. And I'm glad I did because I ended up keeping the audience on two sides and running around the audience, giving away prizes and sharing the mic and getting kind of talking friends and friends. But I'm sure glad I wore my sparkly sneakers because I got my workout. <laughs> but bottom line was there were so many unknowns go up until the last minute going into this thing. And, you know, these are the kinds of things that were, that were dancing in the discomfort zone, right? I care about this. I want it to go well. These are not optimal conditions. But when do we ever have optimal conditions? This was just a blown up example of not having optimal conditions. But this is, you know, one of the one of the quotes that I love that I say at the beginning of my keynote is it's not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain or, as I call it, dancing in the discomfort zone, which I was doing here. There were so many times where I felt kind of defeated and I was like, no, and this is just another speedboat. You got this, you know, and I just kept that positive talk, managing the self-talk. I reached out to people for help. I asked the questions. You know, I, I kept things relatively fluid. And thankfully, after eight years of full-time speaking, I have enough experience to be able to go in and wing some things. I don't like to wing it because I know when I'm prepared, I am most able to deliver confidently and for that room in that moment. But I knew that in this moment, I couldn't prepare a lot of things because I didn't know. And so I did the best I could. And honestly, I think everybody was really happy with the results. So just wanted to tell you that little story of the dancing in the discomfort zone that I have done over the last couple of days. It's been an adventure and it has made me stronger. And it, as my dad would say, I'm pretty sure it grew hair on my chest. <laughs> So thank you for listening, everybody. Go out, do those things, dance in the discomfort zone. Keep your chin up when you're, when you're dealing with not ideal conditions because ultimately that's most of the time. <laughs> Rarely do we ever get those optimal conditions to be able to do everything perfectly. So figure out how to dance in that discomfort zone and make it the best it can be. Could there have been things that it could have been better? Yes. But was it generally pretty great? I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, I think it was. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will have more great content for Dancing in the Discomfort Zone next week.